The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. I always believe that tomorrow is an opportunity for something great to happen, right? Like, as long as we are living and we have breath in our bodies, we have opportunities to change, or change can happen for us. You don't know what you're going through is going to make you into the person that you've been wanting to become. You just didn't know how to get there. And just keep just believing in yourself and believing in good things and and good things can happen. And never be afraid to do the work, whatever work. Even if you feel like it's like, girl, I don't need to do this, do it. Just like, you know, you push through. Overcome and perseverance. Push through. Even if it's on your tired days, push through. On the days you doubt yourself, push through. And you will push through, and tomorrow is a new day. The great thing about life is that tomorrow will happen. As long as we're here, tomorrow will happen. These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is the good news. Hi there. Welcome back to the Good News Podcast. Today's story is from Tiana. Immediately when I sat down with Tiana, it felt like we had met before. She's a Chicago girl and being a Chicago girl myself, we instantly connected. Before we even got into her story, we spent a half hour going over the best places to eat, our favorite hangout spots, and just what we loved most about our city. Sitting down with Tiana felt like sitting down with an old friend, and we were just catching up. I left our conversation not only feeling like I learned a lot about life, but that with a little faith, prayer, and some willpower, that anything is possible. Here's Tiana. My name is Tiana Smith, and I am from Chicago, and I was born in Chicago, but raised in Southern Illinois. Oh, wow. So I ended up, I went to three different high schools. But being in high school throughout all those three spaces, like, I was a personable person. I've done things like talent shows. I was into art. I was into writing and music all the time. I always wanted to model So I've always been like the girl that does makeovers for people in high school. Like I was doing makeovers on girls in high school. Like I guess in retrospect, I was very who I am now, but just in the beginning phases. I was always bringing people together and things like that. So I was a mother. Of course, I had a son. At that point, he was like kindergarten going to first grade. I was living on the south side of Chicago. I was commuting back and forth to work on the train. I didn't have a car then. So I was like Ubering, getting my son to school. I was working a lot. I was working out. I was having fun. Don't get me wrong. I was single life. It was very much single life and thriving. It was it was a good thing. I had like a three bedroom. It was like a condo situation, big dining room. It was cute. Like I had felt like I kind of like arrived. Because I'm working at Water Tower at the time, and I'm I'm doing like 20, 30, 30 brows a day. 
very high energy at work all day, every day. And I'm going to work and it's, it's cosmetics downtown, Michigan Ave. It's very high end in a way. So you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. So I was kind of burnt out and I was ready to like take a leap. Um, essentially, I think that's really was. I was ready to take a leap and like change or like really just stop doing what I was doing. Like I was at the point where I was so burnt out where I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. I feel like I was here for too long. I was like, it's time for me to kind of branch out and see what else is out there. And, you know, I was kind of ready for that. But outside of that, I was still maintaining. I was I was having a great time being, you know, a mom. I was single. It was just, you know, I was maintaining. I was like, you know, just enjoy myself and enjoy being a mom and things like that. So I had met the guy. Uh, we met in Vegas. I was in Vegas for like like a friend. I met him in Vegas, he was there with his guys. And we hung out that first night and it was like instantly like we were just like, oh my gosh, it was so sweet and cute and we liked each other. And when I get back to Chicago, we are like on the phone every day. We're having like these just really intimate conversations about goals and life and things that we want. He came and visited me in Chicago and I then came to Atlanta. And when I came to Atlanta to visit him, uh, we were looking at condo spaces and like spaces to have from where he was living at. Because at that point we had high conversations where he's like, no, I want you to come to Atlanta. I feel like, you know, you're my soulmate and I love you and I just want to be near you. And it was getting, it was the end of summer. It was getting ready to, Chase was getting ready to start school. Chase is my son. He was, he was getting ready to start school and I had made the decision that I was ready to move my business to Atlanta. I'm ready to take a leap because what ha I lost my job. Circle back. I lost my job and I had started working at like a salon. So I was like, okay. you know, doing my thing there. But I also yep. was, um, I was starting my business. Like I was really starting my business there, but I was like, wasn't paying booth rent. We were like doing like 60, 40 type of thing. I was ready to be like, okay, well now that I don't have this obligation at work, I'm working for myself. Let's see what I can do in Atlanta. This guy is saying that he wants to like be this person. He loves me. He wants to like start a life. Let's leap. So I think why I did this was because I didn't want this to be like, ah, oh, what if? I never want to be what if. I never want to be like 90 years old and be like, what if? I was really ready to kind of just be like, okay, let's do it. The way it happened, and it just happened so fast. And it was just, it seemed so right. And my homegirls was like looking at me like, are you sure? My one homegirl was like, just leave me your key. Don't, don't give your people, don't give the landlord the key yet. Just give it to me. Yeah, I had reservations. I did. But my only reservation was more so for my son. That's why I didn't bring him with me. And that's why I wanted to really establish, you know, my own thing going and myself before I brought him there and have him in the middle of all of that. My goal was to come back at least once a month to service clients, be a mom. He was going to come with me for the breaks for summer. And then that following fall, he was going to come and just stay in Atlanta. And that was another thing, too. I'm like, Chicago, raising my son. I'm on the South Side. He deserves to have some type of normalcy. And I had more normalcy. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in the inner city. I don't want to give him that, for real. I was like, Atlanta's like, you know, it's a good place to raise your kids, you know, so... That was one of the reasons why, another reason why I was deciding to kind of like, we're relocating, we're moving to a different state. 
I, I think it was more so like he gave me this sense of like stability and like partnership. And I know that part of my like younger, you know, some of my trauma is stability, like really having roots. And that's one of the things that I'm still like working on because I moved around a lot as a kid. I feel like when that was really presented in a way, it was just like, ooh, this looks so good. This looks like so perfect. And then like, you know, who how, who he was, like paper, like oh, his resume looked good. It was impeccable. Yeah. Where school, career, family, this might be a good catch. And then I know like I was kind of, I think I was kind of tired. Like I said, and burnt out and was like the opportunity was just like, oh, this person wants to ease some of that. Let's see, let's see. So it was like the, the career, the family, the environment. It was like, yeah, let's try it, let's do it. Can we talk about how after I put my stuff in storage, because we drove back to Atlanta because I had stuff, right? The whole ride there was weird. He didn't talk really at all the whole ride there from Chicago to Atlanta. Do you know my heart dropped to my stomach? Am I like, did I like, is this a serious, is he crazy? Like, because it was such a, it was a switch. Like, it was just like, what? So when we got to Atlanta, because I didn't have a car, I didn't bring a car there, so he had a car. And it was like, okay, the agreement was he would go to work, I would do what I need to do during the day, This that would be the thing. I think I took the car maybe once or twice, but it, it was just kind of weird. He wouldn't talk sometimes, he would just shut down. And I noticed he drank more than I knew. Or And then he started doing weird stuff like sleeping with his keys in his room. He locked me out the room one day. Like conversations, he would start getting snippy. It was weird, but I like, you know how you pick up on certain things with people once you're in their space? It was really like that. And it was just a total, th- a totally different person, night and day. So it's coming to the first time where it's time for me to go back. Like, right, I'm there, it's been like three, four weeks. And it's time for me to come back. So now I'm looking for plane tickets. Now, while I'm looking for plane tickets for like the, the week or whatever, I'm just, I'm on the phone with my friends. Like, I don't think I'm coming back. I mean, I don't think I'm like, when I come home, I'm not coming back. But mind you, I brought my TV. I got clothes. I got stuff, right. house stuff. Like I had a whole three bedroom home. And it was just like, I can. And then I, it was like a self check. It was like, girl, you are a mother. You are a business owner. You have so many goals and aspirations that you are trying to get to. This is not it. I get back to Chicago. I'm literally like on the plane. I feel so stupid, mind you, because everybody's like, what are you doing? You doing what? You moving? You know, I felt so disappointed in myself and I felt stupid. Where have you been mentally to allow yourself to get here? And you did it by your own destruction. Like you had a place, you you were working, you, you know, you had lost a job, but you still was, I was working in the suite. It was kind of transitioning, working for my own. And like, so there was no need for you this. And I think what it was, it was like a buildup of just to even make the decision, a buildup of stress, uh, a lack of confidence in myself. I was in hopes of being saved in some way. And, and I can say that out loud because I had never been saved for real, I guess. And it just sounded like this perfect fairy tale type of situation. So when I first initially came back, my homegirl came and got me from the airport. She was pretty much who I stayed with maybe that first week. 
two weeks. It was crazy. Like, I was still trying to, I didn't have a car yet. I was still trying to figure out how I was going to make money. I didn't want to stay with my mom because she stayed all the way out in the suburbs. I felt like, you know, I, I had, you know, made my money in the city. And then, like, with my mom, like, yes, it was space there, but not really because my two brothers lived there. And, you know, after living on your own for so long, you just, like, going back to your mom's crib is a lot. And if it's our relationship, I love my mom, but it has not always been, it wasn't that kind of space for me. But that first two weeks, I was just like, okay, I'm going to try to find a job. I started bartending every now and then just to make some money. I ended up getting a car like a month in. And so I was able now to Uber. Being able to get my son from school, I would like pick him up from school and then we would go to the library, do homework for a few hours. I would take him back to his dad's house and then I would do Uber. But I also had started looking for a space to start renting like day rates with my clients because I had clients. So I would do a day rate in the salon to make money. This is how I'm trying to make my money. But mind you, I don't have a living situation. And my son, mind you, he had his, he had his, you know, space at his dad's house, but he had his own room. He, this is mom's house. This is so, and he's saying like, oh, when are we getting, you know, our house? When are we getting our, you know? So once I started, but I would do like, I would stay in Airbnb some nights. But I also, like, so I left my one friend's house that I was there with. Because it was like, she was there with her granny, her kid. Like, it's, I wasn't supposed to be there. So some nights, I would sleep in my car. At this point, I got, like, four or five sweatshirts that I'm wearing because I have no clothes. So I was wrestling back and forth trying to get my stuff, right? I'm still trying to get my passport, all of that. Do you know? He sent my stuff to my mama's address with no confirmation signature. Like four big boxes of 30 pounds worth of clothes, gone. I have no clothes. I have nothing. I was staying in Airbnbs. I was staying at my homegirls' houses. Then I was, you know, in and out my car on nights where I didn't want to bother people. Or I was just Ubering all night. Because I was staying with one of my homegirls. And she, like, you know how somebody start acting funny? And, like, I'd be, like, 11 o'clock finishing up Uber and texting her, just letting her know, hey, I'm on my way. And she wouldn't answer. So, like, okay, I'm going to go sleep in my car in the parking lot or whatever. And some nights it was just like, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. So it was just like, I can do this. I can make this work. I still have my L.A. Fitness membership. So I would go to L.A. Fitness in the morning, shower, and get back to Uber. When I was talking to Tiana, I came to a very real and very hard realization. Anyone can experience homelessness. But I think for those of us that have not, we think that it just kind of happens all of a sudden. We look at homeless people and wonder, man, how did that happen? Did they lose their job? How did they lose their money? Did someone just come kick them out of wherever they were staying? But what I have learned during my conversation with Tiana is that becoming homeless, losing everything that you have, happens over time. One minute, Tiana is living with friends and family, and gradually, she starts sleeping more and more in her car. Here's what she had to say. I didn't know, right? I didn't know, like, until it really happened, right? So it was like, okay. And then you're, you know, you're an adult. You're, 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 I'm in my 30s at this point. So, like, I should be able to, I'm telling myself, I should be able to provide for myself. So 
I don't want to be a burden on someone. This is my, this is my cross to bear. I don't have to put this on someone else. And it was like, yeah, people stepped away. Like, okay, I know this space isn't for me. This space is uncomfortable. This is the only place that's like my space. So this is where I am. And, And now you're looking at it. It's only five hours. Because now it's like, it's 12, it's whatever time at night. The sun come up at this time. So now you're thinking about like, I just need to take a couple, I'm just going to sleep for a couple hours. It's not like I'm just like, you know, I I think I used to pull up to the lake. I used to pull up to the lake over, over East. And I used to pull up um, High Park and McDonald's parking lot because I knew that was 24 hours. It was still like lit enough. And it was a familiar face for me um, because that's where I like would hang out. I never had my son in the car with me or anything. He would either be with my my mom or his dad. When I did have him, that's the days I would get Airbnbs. I stayed at extended Airbnb for maybe a week or two. I was able to maintain, but when money got low because I'm still working and hustling, it's like, okay, I have to do this. Ashley here. So anyone who has either lived in Chicago or has been to Chicago in the dead of winter, you will know it gets really cold here. And when I say really cold, I mean most of the time, Chicagoans will experience days, weeks even, with below freezing temperatures. It gets cold, and it can be very dangerous if you're outside. I asked Tiana, how did she manage getting through a Chicago winter sleeping in her car? This is what she said. I left my car on, so that was gas that I was spending, right? So I left the car on all night, so it would go from half a tank to like quarter of a tank. So I would leave my car on, for sure, because it's like, it's snowing, and I would wake up every like two hours. Like, I'm not like sleeping peacefully. I'm like looking around, you know, like I'm not, yeah, I'm not just like out, no. And then I, or I might do laundry late at night pull up to the laundromat, um, sleep in my car in the front of the laundromat or something like that. It was scary. It was also like just really sad. I felt like I no one cared for me. But also like this can't be it. It was also like, no, this isn't it. Like I, I cried. I'm, I'm feeling down on myself. I'm feeling stupid. And I'm feeling like less than less than as a woman and a mom. After I get all of that out, it's like how am I going to get, how am I going to get out of this? What do I have to do? Because this can't be, and this isn't me. So that, and then that made me put in, in a real big way, just a financial planning, really like looking at your life in a trajectory where like, if the worst happens, I wasn't ready for the, if the worst happens. I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I press play, when we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR's podcast. 
Podcasts. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories of joy, stories of resilience, stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So, as someone that has textured and curly hair, I'm excited to share Clairol's textures and tones came out with a permanent color range specifically for curly and coily hair types. Say hello to the improved formula and new look while preserving curls and shine. With 12 shades of brilliant intense color, no ammonia, and stacked with argon and olive oil to deliver some much needed moisture and vibrancy to your hair. So if you're my girl that likes a little color to spice up your look from time to time, the new Clairol Textures and Tomes was designed with texture and color specialists, and it was created with you in mind. Clairol's mission is simple, to make every woman feel beautiful and confident and help her live colorfully through accessible and easy to use products. Save your time and your money and give yourself a new hairdo because it's not the hair color you were born with, but the hair color you were meant to be. Clairol, it is so me. I'm grateful that I didn't really stay there mentally. Because I can see how that can happen. I can totally, because you're already in depressive mind space, right? And you see what your reality is. If you don't have a system or, or, or a way to get out of it mentally while you're in it physically. At that moment, I knew prayer, manifestation, and visualizing. I started visualizing myself in an apartment or visualizing myself in my own space. And really talking to God. I had a talking to God moment in, those car, in that car a few times. Why? 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 What am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to get from this? Why am I? Why am I going through this? What was the reason? Am I being punished? But see, I know now that I had to get mentally not to say broke broke down, but I had to really hit a flat to know that you're capable of everything that you want. I had never had that kind of confidence, honestly. Like I used to have your confidence, but like grown woman, pull your big girl boots on that type of confidence, or even just confidence to speak my truth. I don't think I've spoke my truth enough prior to that, but hitting a space where it's like, you have nothing to lose. After that, only thing that I I held on to this story, a lot of people don't know about it. I didn't share it with a lot of people because that was my something. Like, I didn't want to share it then. I didn't want to share that journey to where I am now because I didn't want people to look at me like I was that type of person. And that's crazy because I was there in that situation. This is not your final destination. This is just a moment. I kept saying to myself, this is just a moment. I think Christmas was the hardest time for me. I I, I remember doing Christmas. I let my son be with his dad for Christmas because I couldn't get him anything. That day was just like, this is the first time ever I didn't buy my son anything for Christmas. I didn't have a Christmas tree. I usually decorate, like all of that. Like I was sad. But that also taught me that these days and these holidays are important, but they are just days. 
they are just days, right? Because you'll have way more days where you can give and you can feel and you can celebrate. It doesn't have to be designated to that just that day. I, I lost, you know, a friendship or two because, you know, people didn't, don't want to deal. Like, and mind you, I'm the house that everybody was at, right? I had the, I'm going to have libations, we're going to have food, we're going to watch a movie, I have space if you get sleepy, like, but all those people, gone. When people are good to you, genuinely, and you're good to them, like, acknowledge those people, acknowledge the little things, the reach outs, the, you know, I was just saying, hey, I was, how you doing, how are you doing, is a real thing, people don't ask that. And I, and I think that a lot of truth was shown to me in that way. I'm trying to understand it in people and like, he, like the, just the human behavior. Like everybody isn't going to sympathize with you or everybody isn't going to be good to you. They may be good to you when you're good to them. But when you don't, when you can't be good to them anymore, that's when their good runs out. It was, it was, it was a lot to, to take in. So I, I definitely felt very abandoned at a lot of points and alone. I grew through it, like it was definitely, it was something I needed to know though and feel. I, I have the ability to change. I like, and I think that was another thing too, was like a clear like, okay, I have the ability to change my life now. Like, I, and not to say I didn't know that before, but it was really like, no, I have the ability, I will change because it has to be changed, made. Life happens and it comes at you smack dead in the middle of your day. And it will continue to happen, but that's the the best thing and like the scary thing about life. Becoming more prepared in those things is where you master life. I'm more prepared now for like things that come at me in a problem solving way rather than in a, you know, when you feel like your back is against the wall, you might have bills and don't have the money or whatever the case may be. And now I'm like, girl, what they gonna come do? Time will tell everything. Life is going to happen and it's just like, it, and it's good and bad and it's the amazing thing about life. It's so amazing. Like even in that space, when I was in that space, I would have never thought that now I would be here speaking about it. Roll with it and um, grow through it and, and learn. Take some of that, you know, I take it, I call it like seasoning. Take some of that seasoning, like, because that's going to help you. That's going to help you in life. I can talk about it now to someone that was in the situation before I couldn't relate. This is part of my story. This is going to make me a better woman, a, a better grandmother. Like, I'm looking forward to being a grandmother now. Like, I literally think about, like, I can't wait to be a grandmother because I got so much to give. And I'm going to have so much to give because, you know, life is going to keep life in. But it's allowing those things to, like, not, a, not happen to you, but, like, happen for you. It's growing pains. I found this program that kind of, like, helps place you or helps, like, give you money for an apartment. Um, when you like have been through something, it's basically like a program that gives like gives you first and last month's rent. Basically, I'm feeling more confident in making things happen because I see my money is flowing. I'm starting to take more clients now. So I'm like, okay, okay, this is getting better. It's a routine in the, in this uncertainty. And then I got my place April first. Now during this summer, I start hiking, self care. Right, I'm diving deep into my self care. Kind of like it started married into my brand. This is like making me feel better. I'm getting through. I'm working through the process of things like bike riding, um, vegan lifestyle, just like really like zero focus. So I'm working. I ended up opening my suite that summer. 
I'm feeling just amazing and things are working and like now saucy self-care. I got my t-shirts, I'm selling waist beads, I got my soaps, I um, got my product line going. I'm, you know, now I'm fully just like bartending still. I'm doing like my thing, it's happening. I'm with this program called Lift in Chicago, which basically helps um, parents and men or women just basically, it's like a life coach. They talk about finances. They talk about, you know, your goals and they check in every couple of weeks. So I'm telling the lady, like, I'm looking for grants now. Like, I want to start looking for grants. So she sent me some information. The Goldman Sachs is on there. I fill out for the grant. I get an email saying, oh, we would like to consider you for the interview. And I'm like, wait, I'm interviewing? Wait, huh? Like, And it's one million black women in business. I sit down and I have an interview. She sends the information. You are awarded. We're flying you out Mother's Day weekend to New York to do our first three days of like, you know, introductions and things like that. So like I was in New York for Mother's Day. We get there and it's all of these like these beautiful black women. Everybody's in businesses, so many different businesses. Uh, Melissa Bradley is, you know, she's the professor over the program. She's speaking, just speaking to our core as black women. Like, can y'all imagine we as black women, like we're here. This is the biggest financial, you know, institution. And they got us in the building. Like it put me in such a confident mind state as a business owner that I just couldn't even like, I couldn't believe it. Like it's still in awe. Just to be recognized in that space and just see, like, you know, like, that two years that just went by and what I did and, like, to be recognized in that space was just, I felt God was working and he was showing me something. Like, you know, it was like, I got you. I didn't forget about you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I'm about to cry. <laughs> this opportunity and this light that was shined on me as a, a businesswoman that didn't know how I was going to make things happen two yeah. years ago to be here and amongst like other women that are doing amazing things like I was just so grateful for it and it just I, I needed it and I'm grateful that it happened and I never win anything um so my brand is Saucy Self-Care LLC so I marry okay. aesthetic services with wellness and self-care um curated events and not product knowledge and like I teach things basically so like I service you with body waxing, facials, makeup, natural hair. I, I also do like curated events where we go hiking, where we have like um, natural herbalists come and speak or yoga, someone that does yoga. And we just speak on like self-care and why it's important. And I also sell merchandise. I sell self-care like soaps, waist beads, earrings. I have a body balm that I make that's amazing. I will be expanding my, my skincare line this year. So being able to create this umbrella under the circumstances of like, yes, I am an esthetician, but also self-care helped me get to where I need to go. And like, it's helping me throughout my life. And I want to just help implement that into other people's lives. And as black women, I feel like when we neglect ourselves so much because we just got to get one more thing done and then we're going to get to yes. us, you know, saucy self-care was born in that way. Like, no, you can have self-care and it can look the way you want it to look and you can still be spunky and have a great time and be in love with yourself and not make it look like it's something that's not. I told Tiana that I felt honored that she shared her story with me and with the rest of the world. But I had to ask, for someone going through this, what kind of advice could you give them? And for someone who's never gone through this but can still learn something from you, what's the best piece of advice that you could give them? I always believe that tomorrow is an opportunity for something great to happen. 
right? Like, as long as we are living and we have breath in our bodies, we have opportunities to change. Or change can happen for us. You don't know what you're going through is going to make you into the person that you've been wanting to become. You just didn't know how to get there. And just keep just believing in yourself and believing in good things and and good things can happen. And never be afraid to do the work, whatever work. Even if you feel like it's like, girl, I don't need to do this, do it. Just like, you know, you push through. Overcome and perseverance. Push through. Even if it's on your tired days, push through. On the days you doubt yourself, push through. And you will push through and tomorrow is a new day. The great thing about life is that tomorrow will happen. Don't let that voice that we have sometimes really take over you. Because we're human. We're going to feel that, right? But we don't have to stay there. Don't stay there. Get unstuck. I asked Tiana to go back in time. Back to that cold winter sitting in her car. If she could go back in time and tell that Tiana something about her future tell her some good news, what would she say? What I would tell my younger self about myself now, you are way more talented, or she's way, she's very talented, and she's very sure of herself, but she's, she doesn't know that. But how she lives, it shows she's sure of herself. But really, she don't know she's sure of herself, but people on the outside looking in is like, oh, Tiana, she's, sure, she's very sure of herself. Live in that. Be, be more sure of yourself. You have it. You, she has it. I think I would just definitely tell her, like, she is going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Adversity can is not always a bad thing. It has built character. You have a lot of character. Yeah, you'll be okay. It, everything's going to work itself out. If you or someone you know is experiencing homelessness, click the links in the description of today's episode to learn more about your local services that may be available to you. As Tiana mentioned, this is just a moment. The Continuum of Care program is the front door for homelessness services across the country. Contact your community's COC to learn about access to shelter, housing, and other resources. To keep up with Tiana, her journey, and her business, you can follow her on social media, and those links are in the description as well. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week, with brand new episodes every Monday, brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.